everyone. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central on Primetime, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanHyundai.com. We will talk more about them and their special Freeman prices in a few moments. And as always, make sure that you check out ADCSports.com slash Dallas, Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. A lot more Cowboys articles, a lot more Mavericks articles, and we touched on it briefly last night, but I wrote an article today on how the Cowboys' idea of protecting the future is costing them now. What I believe to be the true salary cap concerns for the Cowboys. You can check that out on the website. And tonight on the show, we will talk about the top four Cowboys facing the most pressure on the team if slash when Amari Cooper ends up elsewhere. So we will talk about that for sure. Uh, please hit the like button, share the show. If you're watching or listening, shout out to the podcast audience. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, do us a favor, leave a five-star review. It takes about 10 seconds. And hey, we appreciate it. What is up, Tommy? Bruce, thank you guys for being here. Let's get into the conversation right away. Amari Cooper likely to be released by the Cowboys. We might just be waiting until it happens. Maybe. I really don't know. Could the Cowboys surprise us? Maybe. What is up, Dallas Junk? Kenneth as well. Thank you for joining the stream. But yeah, we're having these conversations about Amari Cooper. And right now, the expectation is for Cooper to not be a part of the Dallas Cowboys in 2022. So I thought that tonight we could get into the conversation of who is left facing the most pressure on the Cowboys. And I thought maybe we could put together a top four. And evidently, if we're going to have this discussion, I think that number one on the list has to be a wide receiver. I don't know if it's Michael Gallup, assuming that he's re-signed by the Cowboys, or is it CeeDee Lamb? So that's actually how we will start the show off tonight with the question, who's expected to arise as the number one wide receiver after a potential Cooper departure? Do you think it, it is uh, Michael Gallup, or do you think it is CeeDee Lamb, the former first-round draft pick? Or do you think that Gallup's skill set makes him the future number one wide receiver for the Cowboys. So that is the opening question of the show. And while you give me your answers in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanHyundai.com. The ride of the week is the 2022 Hyundai Santa Fe, which you can get with a capacity of 25 slash 28 miles per gallon. It's got Apple CarPlay and or Android Auto. It's got a backup camera, touchscreen monitor, and it starts at $31,930. You can check the Freeman prices over at FreemanHyundai.com. If you're looking for a new vehicle, why not get it on a family-owned business that's been on the business for over 60 years? So make sure that you check out FreemanHyundai.com for your car needs. So the answers overwhelmingly in favor of C.D. Lamp, I think. Bruce got the use, goes with Lamp. Uh, Joel Wilson says Lamp, but he points out that he needs to get over those butterfingers. Thomas says C.D. Lamp, 100%.
Burner account says, oof, that, that one is hard. Uh, Lamp will be doubled for now on, says Gregory. Lumen goes with Lamp. Uh, check the Lamp, says Kenneth Fraser. Hey, I agree. I agree with your answers. Dallas Junk says, everyone's saying that CD cannot be a number one. It's going to be eating crow. Maybe that happens. I, I will not disagree with that. I will go with CD Lamp as my official answer. I think that the number one cowboy facing the most pressure if, when Amari Cooper departs from the Cowboys, it's definitely CD Lamp, in my opinion. Because I like Michael Gallup, but I think that CD Lamp has that skill set to be considered the number one more than anything in the sense that I can see CD Lamp lined up anywhere. The Cowboys lined up Amari Cooper out wide. They lined him up in the slot, and he provided results. He was a matchup nightmare, Amari Cooper, because he's a great route runner and all of that. I, I still think Amari Cooper is a way better player than Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. But I think I would bet my money on CeeDee Lamb becoming the number one wide receiver. I know uh, we are sometimes concerned about the streaks of drops that he has had before, but I think he has the skill set. Like Dallas John pointed out on YouTube, I think that he has shown us that he can be a number one wide receiver or, or he projects to be one because I don't think that he has shown us more than anything because he has not had the chance to do so. But I trust CeeDee Lamb to win on a variety of ways more often than, say, Michael Gallup. So I will go with CeeDee Lamb as the number one cowboy on the team. Who else do you think is facing pressure? Let me know in the chat. I will tell you, number two on my list is not even... CD Lamb right now or any other player, but I will say the number two Cowboy facing the most pressure on the team if slash when Amari Cooper leaves is a coach. And I got to say, it's Kellen Moore. So you guys know this. The Cowboys did not use Amari Cooper the right way in 2021. The main reason for Cooper's decline in production, in my opinion, is definitely the way that the Cowboys used him, the way that he wasn't involved, the way that he finished 40th in the NFL in targets, the way that Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb ranked higher than Omari Cooper in average targets per game, which to me to this day is kind of ridiculous. Now, it's not a big difference, but still, Omari Cooper, we feel like, should have been targeted way more. The stat that we have mentioned before, nine games, with under five targets for Amari Cooper. Nine games. That's insane. So if you're moving on from Amari Cooper, it's also sort of a boat of confidence on Kellen Moore, that he can win without that number one wide receiver. Not necessarily with a wide receiver committee as the Cowboys had in 2018. I don't think that's what it would look like. But the Cowboys start basically trusting Kellen Moore's offense to operate even without Amari Cooper. So I definitely think the, the pressure will be on for him because a lot of people have said that Cooper's, excuse me, that the Cowboys' offensive success during the first half of the season also had to do with the talent that Kellen Moore was working with. And people have used that against Kellen Moore. And maybe they're right. But right now, they're taking away his number one wide receiver. 
Jason Chavez says, I say draft Alex Pierce from the Bearcats. Could be an interesting prospect. By the way, stay tuned for uh, our weekly Mock Draft Monday segment before we leave tonight. Burner account says, Mo, look at Cooper's stats pre and post nap. You can see they didn't want to get him the ball. Pre and post snap, though, I'm confused there. Snap. Cooper will be one, uh, excuse me, Joel Wilson says, Cooper will be a 1,000-yard receiver anywhere he goes, but Dallas, he only dropped like three balls all season long. Yeah, I, I do feel that, you know, strongly. I do feel that, that wherever Amari Cooper ends up in, he will kill it. Like, I feel like that his numbers will be highly productive, sort of like when he just got here in Dallas. I got to get back to work, says Dallas Young. You can catch the replay. Thank you, Dallas Young. You can always catch the replay here and, of course, on Spotify, iTunes. If you guys prefer listening to the podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. Amari can throw himself the ball, says Army. Exactly. And you need to get him involved. Remember, like, when Amari Cooper raised his voice and he complained about it, and then the next game he got plenty of targets right away? That had to be by design, I believe. I think that the Cowboys kind of know that they were not using him the right way. Joe Wilson says we need to draft the offensive line from Georgia, uh, turning that 4.7, put him at fullback. Oh, yeah, burner account on his last comment. He, he meant... Cooper stats pre and post COVID. You can see they didn't want to get him the ball. It is insane the amount of targets that Amari Cooper had in many of these games. Like how can he have three targets on a game when you are the number one wide receiver and when you are a $20 million per year receiver? That has been producing as well. Because of course, if it was more of an Ezekiel Elliott situation in which we know that the Cowboys should have played him a little bit less, even in spite of his contract, well, that's different. But Cooper had the money, Cooper had the production, and the Cowboys were still not using him as you wanted them to. Trevor says, chances of drafting a wide receiver two or on round two or three. I would say those are high chances for the Cowboys, to be honest, Trevor. I wouldn't even rule out the Cowboys potentially drafting a receiver in the first round. If the, if the board falls a certain way and if one of, their, of the guys that they like is there, it would be kind of maybe unorthodox considering that they have City Land, they have Michael Gallup, assuming that they re-signed him and you just drafted a first-round receiver in 2020. But I, I don't rule anything out with this Cowboys team if they don't have Mari Cooper because I do believe it will be a big need. And maybe the need is filled by your in-home talent, like Gallup or Lamp. But you could also try to find another receiver to complement and compete for the spot even. A player that has those traits to be a number one wide receiver. It would be a surprise. I'm not telling you that it wouldn't be. But I would say that it's definitely a possibility. Now, number three. So number one was CeeDee Lamb. Number two, uh, Kellen Moore. To me, the number three Cowboy facing the most pressure, whether it's right or not, it, it is Dak Prescott to me. It is Dak Prescott because Dak has had the fortune of 
working with talented offense for the most part of his career. 2016 rookie season, we know how great that was. He was surrounded by a great supporting cast. And then 2017 was a little bit off. 2018, he didn't have that number one wide receiver. The Cowboys went ahead and got him Mark Cooper. How ironic that sounds years later. But I feel like the pressure will be on a little bit more intensely for Dak Prescott. Because assume that, let's pretend that the Cowboys offense doesn't get it right in 2021. People will try to put that on Dak Prescott, likely. If he doesn't develop a a sort of chemistry with CeeDee Lamb and or Michael Gallup, it can become a conversation about can Dak Prescott elevate his receivers. And I think he has done that before in his career, but it's never been such a high-profile situation than it would be if the Cowboys move on from Amari Cooper. So I think that Prescott becomes one of the Cowboys with the most pressure if Cooper is gone. Uh, Alex Flores, thank you for being here. He says, our offense cannot move the ball constantly with Cooper. There is that stat that, and I think that quarterback rating is not always a super good stat and reliable, but it can paint a picture in terms of what the production looked like. And we know that Prescott's QB rating with Cooper on the field, as Alex is pointing out, was at above 100. And I think that without Amari Cooper, it was somewhere at the 80s. I think that 88, he had a quarterback rating of close to 88. Uh, Kenneth Fraser says they should have used Cooper way more than they did. And if they did, they probably would have been in a better position in the playoffs. Especially that 49ers game, it felt to me like one of those in which Amari Cooper could go off because the 49ers cornerbacks was never was never the strength of the San Francisco defense. We knew that the cornerbacks were a vulnerability for the 49ers, and we thought that maybe Amari Cooper was going to go off, and it kind of happened in the one of the few, very few plays that the Cowboys had on that game. Big plays I'm talking about. When Amari Cooper was lined up on the slot, they had a single high safety, and the Cowboys lined up. It seemed to be man coverage right off the bat, and it was like the 49ers were gambling a lot close to the red zone. And sure enough, Dak Prescott found Cooper easily in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. One of the few positive big plays the Cowboys had versus the 49ers, I thought we were going to see way more of that. And sure enough, when the Cowboys lined up, and I think this was an empty set by the Cowboys, so no running back, and it felt right away that we were due for a big play just because Cooper was one-on-one on the slot, and it didn't feel like he was going to get any safety help, the cornerback. So uh, primetime Phil says, do you think Jordan Davis is getting out of the top 10? Because a lot of people have been talking about Jordan Davis. I don't see it happening. I don't see him dropping at all, to be honest, that way. Uh, maybe out of the top 10, but definitely not enough for the Cowboys to be involved in that conversation. I know that there was this mock draft, I believe, in which he did drop to 24. And, of course, the the Cowboys took him. Um, Interesting. But I I can see that this is 
from an, a, a reply to another comment on why not draft Jordan Davis at 24. Hey, if he's available, you cannot rule that out. Uh, Tommy says he's a quarterback, Mo. It's always on them. That's why they get paid the most of any position. Hey, it's definitely the most valuable positions, position in sports, I believe. And there's not a single position in football that contributes more to winning than the quarterback. But that doesn't mean it's not a team sport. And I, I do think that Prescott is maybe partly, is definitely partly responsible for the lack of targets for Amari Cooper. Probably one of the biggest responsibles for it. Second, maybe to, you know, Callan Moore, of course, and the game plans. Why did Davis play such a, a low snap count, though? Says burner account. Well, he did play with a, you know, with, with killer teammates. Like, how many of his teammates are not future draft choices or past draft choices? Jordan Davis did play with a tremendous defensive team in Georgia. And then how many of the Georgia games were not over in the second half, maybe even before the third quarter? Uh, so I think that impacts Jordan Davis' snap count a lot. I wouldn't make too much out of Davis' snap count. I've seen people, you know, talk about it and be conflicted by it. I do think that there are logical reasons for it. I think that Jordan Davis' low snap count have to do has to do a lot with who he played with and the scoreboards of the games in which he played. Last but not least, number four Cowboy on the team facing the most pressure in 2022 if the Cowboys do not have Amari Cooper just by process of elimination, it's Michael Gallup. Because if Cooper is gone and the Cowboys bring back Michael Gallup, it, it will always feel like the Cowboys deliberately accepted to downgrade at the wide receiver position. And Gallup will be the guy that many people will point to, right? Like, hey, you could have had Cooper instead of Gallup, but you decided to sign number 13 because he was going to be more uh, a cheaper option for the team. And let's wait because, hey, you, you never know what the contract will look like for Michael Gallup if the Cowboys are indeed close, like Adam Schefter reported on Friday. So Michael Gallup, by process of elimination, I think you need to you need to put him on the conversation as one of the most pressured Cowboys on the team. Tommy says, "Cut Cooper to keep Gallup." Hell yeah, there's going there's gonna be pressure, definitely, especially with with the fact that Gallup has not been that you know used in this lot. Maybe because the Cowboys didn't feel like they needed to, but Gallup lined up way more often than the rest of the receivers as a wide out instead of the slot receiver. Like Cooper had a lot of snaps on the slot and the same for CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup, not so much. When he was on, on the field, he was lined up wide. Mo, they did Cooper like this dirty, says Burner account. I think Bryant's and Cooper's situations are a little bit different, but yeah, they're, they're going to be left out of the team. I do. I didn't hate. I didn't hate it when the Cowboys moved on from Des Bryant, and I love Des Bryant. And I still think that in recent memory, like after the days of glory for the Dallas Cowboys, I think that Bryant has been one of the most dominant players 
on the Cowboys in modern history. To, and, and by modern, I mean in, during the Super Bowl drought. <laughs> because Brian from 2010 to 2014, that was one of the most dominant players that the Cowboys have had. But when the release happened, I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was time to move on from Des Bryant. Burner account says, Mo, gotta ask, when this plan again doesn't work, what will be the excuse this time? I don't think we will look back for an excuse. I will. I think that we will look back and say, well, that makes a little bit of sense. And on a related note, that is actually the perfect transition for the next question. Joe Rodriguez uh, pointed out on Twitter that the Cowboys were projected by next-gen stats to win six to eight games without Cooper on the team. That felt, I know that we're stressed, and I know that we are not in agreement with the way that the Cowboys are doing things right now. Overall, there are exceptions. Some people like the fact that the Cowboys are expected to move on from Cooper. Some even like the fact that the Cowboys are expected to maybe consider moving on from D-Law. I, I know that, but in general, I feel like Cowboys Nation is not very happy with the thing, the Cowboys, with the way the Cowboys are doing business right now. So that was next gen stats projection. It felt quite low to me. So the question for you guys is without Cooper, would you take the over or under eight wins in 2022? I refuse to go as low as six because that did feel laughably wrong to me to set the Cowboys win projection at six games that that didn't feel accurate to me so let's go with high number let's take number eight and let me know would you take the over or under on uh eight wins for 2022 burner account says eight wins the Garrett special oh no burner uh army mom says she will go with the under. With a first place, Ketchel's burner account, LOL, under. Uh, Tommy goes with, I say, 10 games and probably another first round exit with the current wide receiver projected roster. All right. I will not tell you. I will not tell you here on primetime that I feel better about the Cowboys' odds to be in the NFC Championship game. Forget about the Super Bowl for a moment. Uh I don't like the odds for the Cowboys to get on the NFC Championship game better than I liked them last year in 2021. I think that overall, the Cowboys are going to take a step backwards when it comes to the talent and the roster. And I don't feel as confident about them heading into 2022 as I did maybe last year. But eight wins, eight wins feels like a very low number. So I will go with the over. I will go with the over for now. I really don't want to put out a number yet. I know that Burner Account brought up this catchel, and he said with a first place catchel. Now, that usually is kind of scary, but if you take into account that one of those first, uh, first place catchels means that you're going to play versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, which will not have Tom Brady. You're going to play the Packers, which might not have Aaron Rodgers. You're going to play the AFC South, which means games versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, you're facing the Detroit Lions as well. So the schedule is one of the easiest ones 
in the NFL using 2021 win-loss records. Not the best way to measure strength of schedule, but the way that we have available right now. And I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the schedule. Actually, the schedule right now is one of the reasons why I am taking the over on this question. T. Silla goes with the over. Fernando says over eight wins. Prescott still has Dalton Schultz. Likely to happen, by the way. The numbers got out today on the official franchise tag values. And the tight end position will be at $10.9 million, which is more or less what it was projected to be. Uh, Robert Chook goes with over of 10 wins. Gregory over nine wins. Uh, let's see. Hard to, uh, will the Cowboys be better next season, says Dario. If we're talking roster-wise, I don't think so. I don't think that the Cowboys roster will be on a better position in 2022 than it was in 2021. If we are to hold out hope to see better results in next season, I think it's because we're hoping for improvement by the coaches and improvement by players that are already on the team. So basically, we're hoping to see the offense that we saw in the first half of the season as opposed to the one that we saw in November and December. But I think that talent-wise, talking specifically about who's going to make up the 53-man roster, likely no Amari Cooper, possibly no Demarcus Lawrence, I don't know that the Cowboys will be on a better spot. I lean towards not. I lean towards not. Uh, 14 trees is Stephen White. He's already dropping a win-loss uh, record projection. Russell says that it won't be a great season. Not to mention the NFC East is Tommy. Exactly. When we're talking the schedule, you need to talk about the, the NFC East. Now, it's going to be, you're going to face the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. As Gregory's pointing out, you've got games against the Bengals and you've got games against the 49ers. Now, fortunately, the Cowboys are facing the Bengals not because they're facing the AFC North. I would much rather face the AFC South as the Cowboys are going to than facing the AFC North. But the Cowboys are facing the Bengals because of the 17th game rule. And it turns out that it's the Bengals for the Cowboys. Now, moving on before we close out the show, as always, Mock Draft Monday. We take a Mock Draft from around the league and we take a look at the Cowboys pick specifically. This one's an interesting one. And shout out to Tommy on the YouTube chat. He will see why on a moment. But to, to this week's Mock Draft Monday is from Sports Illustrated. And with the 24th overall pick, I wanted to choose, I wanted to choose a mock draft that was post-combine because that also plays maybe a factor into some of the mock drafts. And I wanted to take advantage of that wave. So tonight, wait, wait, wait a moment. Is it Monday? Yeah, it is Monday. I don't know why. Brain fart. <laughs> I, I doubt it for just a split second. <laughs> I doubt it for a split second that it was Monday. Excuse me. All right. Mock Draft Monday with a 24th overall pick. According to this uh, Sports Illustrated mock draft, the Cowboys are taking a wide receiver. Or should I say the 
wide receiver from Arkansas University, Traylon Burks, and the description by Rick Saritella reads, with number one wide receiver Amari Cooper on the way out, owner Jerry Jones could fall in love with a big-bodied possession wideout from his alma mater in Burks. Now, I don't like the big-bodied possession receiver description because I think that possession receiver kind of sounds like a knock on the player. But Traylon Burks is considered one of the best wide receiver prospects in this year's class. And I know we talk about uh, best player available a lot on this show. We have talked about it since the Cowboys since the Cowboys season ended. And he would likely be in that conversation to be the best player available. According to Dane Brugler's prospect rankings from before the combine, I don't think that he has published an, unva- an updated version. Traylon Burks is his number, his 13th best prospect on this draft. So it kind of feels like the Cowboys would get in, in a, a city lamp type of situation here. So let me know, how would you grade this week's mock draft from Rick Saritella? And as always, what we do here is that I give you some more information as to who was already taken and who was not taken yet. So I know that we talked about Jordan Davis earlier today. He was obviously taken in the top 10 picks. Uh, George Kerlaftis, edge rusher from Purdue, was off the board. Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, let's see, who else was taken? Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Daxton Hill, the safety, was off the board. Chris Olave was off the board. So basically, the guards were available. The Cowboys could have taken Sion Johnson or Kenyon Green. The Cowboys could have taken Nakobe Dean from Georgia. I think that Dave, Devin Lloyd was not taken at all in this first round from this mock draft from Sports Illustrated. And I know that people are concerned about Devin Lloyd's combine. I don't know how much that will impact his his draft stock. But I kind of like it. I Listen, here's the thing about this mock draft. Let's see some of your answers. Burner account goes straight up with a D, which surprises me because Burner account is always calling for BPA. Primetime Phil says, I would like that. Tommy says Burks can't do it all. Yeah, big-bodied possession wideout, which is the description here from this mock draft. Kind of an understatement. Burks is able to turn easy plays into big plays. I think he had 22 plays for over 20 yards in the 2021 season, which was tops in the SEC. Dario says B-. T-Sila goes with A. Uh, Now, Iceberg says Burks is a slow guy. I will... I will agree to disagree here. Here's why. I know there was some concerns because Burks ran a 450, 40-yard dash. But he was also running it at 225. 225 pounds. He has a big body. So I think relatively, that's not a low speed. Think about it. 450, that would put you more or less in the 50th percentile of the league which is average like the definition of average actually but it's not that bad as to 
be an official concern, right? Tommy goes with an A+. I will go... I was going to say a B, a B plus, but honestly, I feel like that might be me being biased against the pick. Biased in what sense? Biased, I mean, because I don't like that the Cowboys have the need to go get a wide receiver because I don't like the decision to move on from Amari Cooper. Assuming that it will happen again, because people are saying that it is expected to happen and that it would be an upset if it doesn't. I'm still holding out hope that maybe the Cowboys were just trying to leverage some situations here and there, maybe trying to convince Amari Cooper of a pay cut or something like that. I don't know. Might be the case, might not be the case. But for now, we're assuming that Amari Cooper is gone from Dallas. So I don't hate the pick. I will go with an A-. minus. I will go with an A- minus because I cannot be biased as to that, I hate the Amari Cooper idea. I, I hate the decision. But if it happens, well, that's one thing. Another thing is who the Cowboys are taking in the first round with the 24th overall pick. So looking at it from that perspective, trying to be as unbiased as we can, I will say an A minus just because of the value of the pick. Getting Brugler's 13th best prospect with the 24th pick. That should feel like a steal. Now, I like, I love Dane Brugler's description of Traylon Burks, by the way. He said, he's a linebacker-sized Devo Samuel. And if you're not all in on, Tra- on Traylon Burks after that description, I don't know what will, right? Let's see. Army says, let's sign free agent Braxton Berrios from the Jets. We lack a slot wide receiver. It, well, whew. I like Varios a lot. I didn't even know that he was going to be a free agent. That kind of snuck past me, to be honest. I would like the Cowboys trying to get a player like that, but I also feel confident that they can they can have that slot wide receiver. I think that if they keep Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup, assuming that that happens, I would feel comfortable with Cedric Wilson being the slot wide receiver for the Cowboys. I mean, relatively comfortable. Of course, taking into consideration that I hate the fact that the Cowboys are expected to move on from Coop. That's what I just said, says Tommy. He could be our Debo. Not only our Debo, Tommy. Not only our Debo. Our linebacker-sized Debo Samuel. (laughs) I guess they're re-signing Brent Urban. He will be chip again. I really hope that the Cowboys re-signed Brent Urban. I, I think that would be an under-the-radar move. And I think that the Cowboys need depth at the defensive tackle position. And I think that Brent Urban is a solid, valuable option for it. And knowing the way that the Cowboys do business, knowing that they will not go out there and make a splashy move, getting one of the highest-paid defensive tackles in the NFL, I feel like... Brent Irvin is that fit. And we didn't get to see a lot from Brent Irvin. We, of course, his injury, we know that he fought to come back to the Cowboys in time to play. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Cowboys do with, with Brent Irvin. I would assume that they are going to re-sign him. Uh, Bernard Account says, Mo Dallas would not even know how to use Debo if we actually had him. Let me scroll up. Let me scroll 
all the way up to the YouTube chat so I can show this comment right here. This was the first comment of the show. Burner account saying, I'll be positive tonight. Burner, you died trying, man. <laughs> what mock is this, says Chris? This is uh, from Sports Illustrated, Rick Saritella from SI.com. This is his post-combine mock draft. You can check it out there in case you want to check it out in depth. Now, let's see. Uh, cutting your wide receiver one. Then drafting a wide receiver in round one is a joke. You're not making your team better. Danny, you're 100% right. Cutting Amari Cooper is a joke. I am at least holding out hope that in worst case scenario, they trade him and they get something in return. Not that optimistic about it, but I, I 100% agree with Danny. It is a joke. And I talked about this in depth Last night on primetime, and I also wrote an article about it on adcsports.com slash Dallas, the Cowboys are protecting their future. These moves are not about 2022. These are about being able to be on a healthy position in 2023, 2024, which I understand if you're being balanced about it and you're not deliberately taking a step backwards on your team building process when you're close. And that's what hurts the most. Even the Cowboys were 12 and five in 2021. They hosted a playoff game for half the season. They were one of the best offenses in the NFL for the entire season. They were one of the best defenses in the NFL. They led the league in takeaways. Do they not believe that they're close? Which maybe would be valid, but it's upsetting. Do they not believe that they're close? Or is it just that they're, they really value being competitive enough over the long term? And is it a priority for them over making that push? When it feels like you are the closest you've been in recent memory. Because roster-wise... Man, this feels like one of the best teams that they've had, roster-wise. I know that we have doubts about the coaching. I know that we're not in love with Kellen Moore. I know that there's doubts there. I know that we do not love Mike McCarthy either. But damn, you've got Dak Prescott signed through 2024. You've got Michael Parsons on a rookie deal. You have Dan Quinn for now. But it feels like the Cowboys are prioritizing being healthy enough in the salary cap in 2023 and 2024. For those of you who missed last night last night's episode, we talked more about this, way more about this uh, on primetime on Sunday. We kind of dove into what was the end game for the Cowboys when it comes to this team. Now, Army says, Army Mom says, please tell me we're not going to roll with an aging Tyron Smith again. I think they will, to be honest. Uh, right now, I think that they will. And I low-key hope that they do. I know that he has missed a lot of games. I know that we have not seen him play a full season in a long time. But after creating a, a need for a number one wide receiver and potentially a need for 
a pass rusher because I know that Micah Parsons can rush the passer, but you want to you want him to be able to play all around the defense. If you move on from from the Marcus Lawrence, then you need another pass rusher. And then what? You're going to open up another need at left tackle. I kind of hate that process for the Cowboys. I also have concerns about Tyron Smith, especially over the long term. I don't love the idea of maybe restructuring his contract because that would mean getting even more committed to him in the long term. But I don't know that the best possibility for the Cowboys is to not is to move on from Tyron Smith. It would really feel like entering a rebuilding process when you just paid your quarterback a year ago. And that kind of sucks. And I think that speaks volumes to what the Cowboys front office does the wrong way. Right now, my prediction would be the Cowboys are rolling with Tyron Smith. Whether it's right or wrong, I, I think Tyron Smith will be your left tackle in 2022. And give me cash, says on YouTube, Dak will be gone in two years, thank God. Something that I also strongly doubt, to be honest. I don't think that Dak will be gone in two years. Personally, personally, I like Dak Prescott, so I don't mind that at all. But I don't think that uh, I don't think that he will be gone in 2022. Uh, excuse me, after two years. So, anyways, guys, do me a favor: hit the like button, share the show, and thank you for being here. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night. This is ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, brought to you by our friends over at FreemanHyundai.com. Family-owned business, check their special freeman prices on their website. And I will see you tomorrow night. My name is Mauricio Rodriguez. Follow me on Twitter at MAUNFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L. Hit the like button, share the show. And if you didn't catch this live, shout out to the podcast audience. We appreciate you as well. See you tomorrow, guys, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you.